brought to you by the students of Mary Persons High School in conjunction with MPTV. This is Monroe County Schools Radio, exclusively on Magic 100 FM. I'm your host, Carrie Buckendale. The clock is ticking for the class of 2022. We're just two months away from graduation. MPTV's Ryan Rogers spoke with Tasha Burston about graduation requirements for this year's seniors. Hello, this is Ryan Rogers, and today I'm going to be interviewing you about graduation plans. Okay. So first up, what are the requirements for graduation? Well, for the class of 2022, it's 24 units, um, and within the 24 units, they have to have four Englishes, four Maths, four Sciences, four Social Studies, a unit in Health and PE, seven electives, but three of those electives have to come from CTAE, Fine Arts, or Foreign Language. What happens if you don't meet those requirements? If you don't meet those requirements, you are not allowed to graduate. You can't graduate or participate in any type of ceremony until those requirements are met. What can you do to fix those requirements if you don't meet them? If you don't meet them, you can, um, we have lots of credit recovery options that students can participate in. So um, they would need to get with their graduation coach, Ms. McLuhan, and set up a plan in order to get those credits recovered by the graduation deadline. And um, how often does that happen? Is it common for students to not meet those or? Unfortunately, yes. Um, every year we do have um, a few students who do not meet those requirements. Um, and when that occurs, like I said, we um, pair the student with Ms. McLuhan to work out a plan to get back on track. Okay. So, um, how do you feel about these requirements? I feel... Um, pretty good about them. Um, students have lots of opportunities since we are on block schedule to earn more than the 24 units. So I feel that there's enough time to get every student graduated by their graduation date. Yeah, I feel like that too. <laughs> so are these plans the same between everybody or do they vary at all? They're the same for all students. Um, each cohort has a, a designated number of credits that they have to um, accumulate by graduation deadline. Um, like for instance, the class of 2022 and 2023 have to have 24 units. Um, the class of 2024 and thereafter have to have 26. Okay, so why is that exactly? Well, um, the my administrator, Dr. Finch, and um, the administrative staff, they met with the Board of Education and they felt like um, with us being on block and with the opportunity really for students to earn 32 units by graduation, that moving the graduation requirements up to 26 was still within um, a student's capability to achieve. That makes sense. So, about graduation plans, what makes a good plan? What makes a good graduation plan? Um, tell me, what do you mean by that? Uh, for, like, plans to graduate, like, 
Well, um, actually, yeah. um, coming in to ninth grade um, is really when everything starts. So students have to come in with an open mind and be prepared to work to accumulate their credits each semester. Um, if they do that, they will have a successful academic career. If for some reason a student falls off track, it's okay. We can help get them back on track as long as they're motivated and willing to work to get back to where they need to be. It's good that we offer lots of opportunities for students. That's correct. So what are the benefits of having these plans set in place? Well, the benefit is, one, for the student um, because they'll need their diploma to go off into whatever post-secondary option that they're wanting to pursue, whether it's military, whether it's um, college, uh, technical college, or straight to work. So it's always good for them to have their diploma. Um, And it helps us as a school to be able to know what areas uh, we may need to focus more on in order to help students achieve their goals. So thank you. That was very informative, and I think that'll be all for today. Okay, thank you. One of the most anticipated announcements for each graduating class is who claims the title of valedictorian. MPTV's Jacob Bartlett spoke with Dr. Jim Finch to learn how the valedictorian is selected and what it means to earn that achievement. Hi, I'm Jake with the MP Stream Team, and today I'm speaking with Dr. Finch about valedictorian selection. How does a person become the valedictorian? Uh, the valedictorian is the number one graduating senior of the senior class, so that means that he or she has the highest grade point average. What does it mean to be valedictorian? Uh, it means you're the number one graduating senior, so it means uh, we rank all of the um, seniors in the graduating class based on what their uh, GPA is, and um, so it's just a ranking, so it means that you've had the highest grades. How does someone's behavior affect their chances to be valedictorian? It typically does not, uh, because this is an academic achievement, and it's not uh, it's not an achievement that's based on uh, behavior. Uh, but I've never seen any of our uh, valedictorians or salutatorians and, um, misbehave or anything. So, typically, our high achieving students, mm-hmm. most of them tend to behave the most too. To be yeah. quite honest with you. Does achieving valedictorian make it look good when you apply for colleges? Oh, absolutely. You know, um, all colleges are really competing for students to come to their university. Um, You know, like when you come to high school, you come here because this is the school that serves your district. So you didn't really choose married persons. Married persons kind of chose you, you know what I mean? But when uh, you graduate from high school, you've got a choice about where you want to go. So they have to compete for these types of students. And colleges and universities won't valedictorians to show up because they've demonstrated an academic record that they think would make them successful at their college or university. A lot of colleges and universities actually give scholarships based on whether or not you're the valedictorian. Like UGA, you get, I don't know how much money it is, but you get some type of uh, academic scholarship that rewards you for being the valedictorian of your school. What are people given if they win valedictorian? Well here, um, one is the honor. Um, you'll always be known as the number one graduating um, student in that class. Uh, at honors night, we reward them with, um, you know, like a certificate and a plaque. 
Uh, there's a medallion that they wear and a stole that they wear at graduation. So it's a couple of things. Mm-hmm. I think the honor of it is is probably the most prestigious of it all right. because, you know, something that can't ever take away. Monroe County loves to support local festivals, like last weekend's Forsythia Festival. Next month, you and your family can attend the annual Autism Awareness Festival. But the big event needs a little help from you for it to be successful. MPTV's Jacob Hansen spoke with Carrie Owen to learn more about the event and how you can help. Hello everyone, I am Jacob Hansen. I am with Carrie Owens, Miss Carrie Owens here, and we are discussing the Autism Awareness Festival. Uh, first off, what exactly is the Autism Awareness Festival? The Autism Awareness Festival is through Anchor of Hope, which is our nonprofit organization. And it's a festival we put on once a year. We've had to postpone the full festival the last two years due to COVID, but we're excited to have the full festival full festival back this year. Um, and it's basically vendors, we have entertainment, we have a kids area, a 5K race, and a family um, fun kind of trail run for the family. And it's, it's kind of like a mini for Scythia Festival for our community. Mm. Uh, so you mentioned some of the activities Yes, there's a 5K trail race and a family fun run. Um, We have vendors who want to come. It's only for a $25 donation to become part as a vendor. We're hoping to have some food vendors and we'll have a a stage with live entertainment. I think I remember doing a few of the 5Ks actually. Oh, cool. Very cool. Yeah. Where and like what date would this event be? Okay. So this is Saturday, April 30th. And it's at Day Spring Presbyterian Church here in Forsyth. Is that over by the middle school? Yes, it is. Oh, yeah. Do you have a, um, a story behind this one, like how it came to be? Well, it kind of all ties into how Anchor of Hope Foundation became. Um, Steve and Debbie Harbin had a um, child who was nonverbal autistic, and they just wanted to find ways to help other parents who were dealing with that. So. Um, They started Anchor of Hope, and then soon after they started this festival, and although it's called the Autism Awareness Festival, it's actually for all developmental disabilities. Um, It just got that name, and that name kind of stuck, but it's really for for all of the disabilities um, in the entire state of Georgia, so people come from all over. Um, Are there any, like, groups that would show up? Like, I've seen some minions in costume before, and there's a karate group. Yes. the karate place here in town, can't think of the name of it, and if I can't think of the name of it, I probably won't say it, Okinawi maybe? Um, they usually come and do a demonstration, and um, it's really cool. We usually do have characters like Disney princesses and minions. Um, we have a local dance group that comes out, and we also have um, a singer who's autistic himself who travels around the southeast singing, and he's going to come and join us this year. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of things for people to enjoy and take part in. And so we haven't got all the details yet, but we're hoping to have a full gamut of activities and groups for everybody to enjoy. Um, are there any sign-ups or anything? Yes, <laughs> looking in the camera, this one, we need volunteers. Um, it takes about 50 volunteers to keep this thing going. We need volunteers to help with parking before the race, for setup the night before. Um, to get everything back down the night of and then during the day um, volunteers for the kids area and um, for uh, the food vendors and 
and just we it takes a lot of hands to do this and we re really rely on our volunteers so um, if anybody's inter interested in volunteering you can go to anchorofhopefoundation.org to find out more about this event and there's a sign up there for that. This is our last question. Uh, how can the community contribute and support the festival? So that's another big one. We are currently looking for sponsors right now to help us pay for the costs of everything um, for marketing and all that good stuff. So as far as the community um, at large, the businesses can become a sponsor. Again, um, students and the community can become volunteers. And then if you want to be a vendor, it's only a $25 um, donation and you can come and share what you're doing or sell some stuff or anything like that. So there's a lot of ways to be a part of it. All right. Well, thank you for your time. This thank you so much. It's almost time for the Mary Person Spring Musical. This year, the theater department will take you to the hills of Austria for the beloved Sound of Music. MPTV's Maddie Franklin sat down with director Holly Spires to learn more about this year's production. Hey guys, I'm Maddie, and today I'm here with Miss Spires to interview her about the musical she is going to be directing, The Sound of Music. What is The Sound of Music about? Well, Maddie, The Sound of Music is a musical that is set in Austria in the 1930s um, before World War II, right before Nazi Germany invades, so that's the setting. It's about a young lady who gives up a potential life in a convent to be the governess or nanny to the children of an Austrian naval captain. They fall in love, they get married, outwit the Nazis, and escape to Switzerland while singing and dancing to memorable songs like do re mi and my favorite things. What is it like directing a musical? <laughs> directing a musical, um, as artistic director and choreographer and set designer and costume designer, procurer and prop master, <laughs> I have to wear many hats. So directing a high school musical is like herding cats while riding a unicycle and juggling three bowls of hot soup and trying to keep it all moving in a straight line and not spilling the soup or running over a cat. So hard. Yes, but it's completely wonderful and rewarding because it's what I enjoy. It's my passion. What's it like having all the different ages together for this one? This year will be a new challenge because we are collaborating with the Monroe County Middle Schoolers. They generally have their own separate show, but with The Sound of Music, there are characters of various ages. And as high school students, I can't necessarily cast it young enough. So we're pulling in some middle school students to help fill out some of the younger roles and some of the older roles as well. So not only are we working with an even wider variety of ages, we're um, also having to accommodate for rehearsing in two different spaces at two different times. So it's a lot more planning involved as well. Are you nervous at all about the show? Not at all. Um, I love collaborating with Mr. Hernandez as always, the choral department. We work together uh, on the musical theater class for our productions. And the students that we have are wonderful and dedicated 
to their craft and these middle school students that we'll also be working with in addition to our high school students they are also very excited about this opportunity and Miss Teresa Alexander who is their teacher she is wonderful as well so I know that everyone's going to be on their a-game and they're going to take care of their jobs and it's going to be absolutely fantastic once we put it on the stage what are you most excited for? Seeing them perform and have the feeling of what it's like to work as a professional, to give their best effort, to gain even more confidence and experience. A lot of hard work is put in by a lot of people and a lot more work is put in than we get reward. That's kind of the bittersweet part of theater you put in days and weeks and months of effort and rehearsal and planning blood sweat and tears and you get a very short run so it takes so much to build it up to make it happen it happens so quickly and then you have to tear it all down um, but that fleeting moment of performance where they get to actually um, perform and show the fruits of their labors. That's just the best part. Me sitting back and watching them go. It's wonderful. How is the play different from the movie? The play itself pretty much follows the movie. If you know the movie scene by scene, it's, it's what you'll see on stage. There may be a few differences um, as far as song placement, but all the songs that you know are, are present. Um, but as far as the difference between a film and a stage production. A stage production, there's no take two. You have to work seamlessly from start to finish. So if there's a mistake or a slip up, you just have to cover it and keep on moving. You can't stop and then back up and try again for a second take. It's a one-shot deal. How did you guys cast the play? We audition our shows. Um, in three different ways and with musicals you have to have a song audition so we had the the students audition with a song from the character that they were seeking to uh, be potentially cast in I do a choreography a dance audition as well to see how they move and then I also do scene pairings where they do cold readings scene work to see the chemistry between the actors for the different relationships and that's how we cast it is there anything else you would like to share? I would like to share our dates for this show. Um, it's the last weekend of April, the 20th, 29th, and 30th, and we will be at the Monroe County Fine Arts Center. We will have uh, evening shows at 6 o'clock. We'll have a matinee at 3 on Saturday, and another evening show that Saturday at 6. So Saturday's a doubleheader. But of the four opportunities for you to come see the show, we hope you will. It's going to be fantastic. I'm so excited to bring a full-length musical back to the Fine Arts Center. It has been since 2019 since we've been able to do a full-length production in the Fine Arts Center. So it's a long time coming, and I'm very, very happy and excited to do this for our school and our community. Well, that is it for me today, guys. I hope you enjoyed and have a good rest of your day. The Mary Persons Chorus recently held their mid-semester concert at the Fine Arts Center. We leave you this morning with a sampling from that event. Enjoy and have a great weekend.
Thank you for tuning in to Monroe County Schools Radio exclusively on Magic 100 FM. Have a great week. Remember to be a champ. And as always, go dogs. The thoughts expressed in this segment represent Monroe County Schools. <laughs>